Yeah, there, I mean, there's a lot of different things that go into a lot of those. Um, you just kind of get a feel for how a back sees a certain things, all that. Uh, the cool part about that, we ran it in practice, and we just said, hey, just a reminder, you need one yard. Just cram it in there. And he said, of course, I'm going to score. So that was kind of the conversation in the headset was, all right, it's fourth and one, third and one, whatever. Maybe. We knew it was a short yardage play for us. Unbalanced formation, you can never guarantee how they're going to line up to the unbalanced stuff. You, you hope, you think you have it schemed up pretty well, but it kind of catches them off guard at times. And he did a great job hitting it. And then it opened up pretty well. Everybody adjusted pretty well, got it done, and he was able to finish in the end zone. And was that burst something you, when you guys were deciding whether to sign Michael or not, and obviously you had some film on him, was right. that burst? And did you see that practice? Is that what you know you expected out of him at some point? Yeah, certainly. And then you just see through practices, he's grown and understanding our offense. Obviously, he got a late jump start. Kind of just starts by learning game plans week to week, not necessarily mastering the offense. And then now getting into week seven further along, he just gains more and more uh, confidence from the players, the staff, everybody that he he understands what's going on. He's done a good job, and you know he's he's you know I guess you'd say uh, proven us to be right and trusting him that he can do more things well, and he's done a great job with it. When you saw the look the Colts gave you on that play, did you think that it could that it could go? Because in most unbalanced line formations, you're looking for two yards, right? Right. I mean, that's, right. That's they they got a, a little bit out of whack uh, with the adjustment when we motioned. And so you kind of thought this could be a positive play. Now you never know if it's going to hit like you hope it does for 60 like that. But uh, you know, the, way, the way they kind of got off balance, and you felt good about it watching it, but it's still got to play out and be executed well. Since you had worked for Doug before, <clears throat> how much of an attraction <clears throat> is it that he's, you know, he's such a risk taker that he's willing to, to trust in you know, fourth and two situations, yeah. sometimes fourth and six? How much of an attraction is that for you to work for him? Well, I mean, it's it's great knowing you got extra downs sometimes to get a first down. It's it's third and two, and you think, all right, if we just get half here, or we try something, there's a good chance we got another down. So you can be aggressive in that mindset um, in terms of scheming things up, designing some plays. Um, but then you just know he's doing whatever it takes to win. He's trying to give us an opportunity to win the game uh, at each situation. So th that's that's fun to be a part of. Can you, you talk a, a little bit about the creativity factor right. of of the offense because it's. It's, it's so hard in the NFL because, right. you know, you put so many things on tape and, you know, you know that the other side's working 80 hours a week right. to cover all their bases. How hard is it to be creative in the NFL, like with the Agnew reverse, right. little things like that? Well, I mean, it, it, it is tough to be creative because, again, you're taking a risk. And that's something Doug has encouraged through the coaching staff of we need to be risk averse. We're going to push the envelope. We're going to do what we need to do to win the game, create plays that win the game potentially now. The plays and things we come up, usually it comes from somewhere. Very rarely are you inventing a new play. That's a play. We're able to show evidence of we ran that in Philadelphia. Jim Bob had run that in Detroit. A lot of people had run plays like that um, in their past. So there's not a lot new that you're seeing today in football. But we're all kind of recycling ideas or sharing them. But you're always trying to look for situations where you have a feel for what the defense is going to be, and this play aligns with that defense. Now. I'd like to tell you it hits all the time the way we hope it does, but it, that's not true. You know, the game is really a game of unscouted looks and, and adjustments within the play even. So it's it's has and it always will be a player's game. They're able to go out and execute at a high level, and that's what makes you feel good as a coach. So far this year, the offense has had chances in the fourth quarter to go down and have a game-leading drive or a game-winning drive. Uh, Sunday, you got, or last week, you guys were able to do that against the Colts late. It didn't obviously in the way you wanted it to, but can you use that as a building block for those clutch moments with the offense moving forward? Yeah, certainly. Any, anytime those guys answer the bell with a situation like we had where we needed a touchdown, we're down a score. Now, you don't anticipate taking eight 
nine, ten minutes off the clock, whatever we did, you know, you still think in the back of your mind we got probably have two possessions here at least, maybe three. Um, but you end up eating a lot of the clock, and guys just kept pounding away. We kind of felt we were able to run the ball, and they did a good job converting. And then we had some huge third down conversions as well. But I do think that is a confidence builder. Now, at the end of the day, as an offense, we understand we didn't score enough points to win the game. So it comes down to that. Our job is to always score more than the opponent, whatever that means. And so we didn't get that done. So we're disappointed in that aspect. But there's certainly um, the feeling that when we need to, we can go down and execute. Now, we haven't done that every single time, but we feel like we're capable of that when we get out of our own way. For a young quarterback, how important is it to get those drives, even if the ending wasn't proper under their belt, like for Trevor Lawrence to be able to kind of engineer that down the field? Yeah, I think that just continues to build that belief that everybody has in him and in our unit as a whole. Like everybody just kind of believes when we need to, we can answer the challenge and execute. Now, it almost makes it more frustrating when you don't in those situations because we've seen ourselves do it. And you kind of go back to what led to this lack of execution, what led to what was wrong with this play design right here. So you kind of always go back to that. So it's there's a give and take with it. At the end of the day, we just want to win, whatever that means. If that means we have to punt every single down, our defense is scoring, whatever that means, we'll take it. We just want to win at the end of the day. Was that third and 13 throw to Zay on that last drive? Was that one of the better throws you've seen Trevor make? Certainly. And, and th we stepped up when we needed to. Guys protected really well. There's a good pocket. Zay ran a great route on a very good player, and Trevor put it exactly where it needed to be. It was a great job by Zay to keep his feet in bounds and finish the play. But that, that was the execution we needed in a critical moment right there. And what do you kind of stress to Trevor when it comes to facing a Giants defense that you know, probably blitzes more than any other defense you guys play? Right. It, you know, it's they're trying not necessarily creating sacks and creating hits, but it's there's a sense of pressure being added to you. And so it's really just falling back on your techniques, your fundamentals, the way we've coached you, um, the way we've built the plan through the week and executing our plan at the highest level. You know, every week's going to look different. We go into every week with a different plan of attack for that specific defense, but still trying to put our players in the best possible position. So it's on us to explain that to our players. It's on them to understand why that's the, the coaching point for that week or what the particular plan is built for. Um, but so at the end of the day, it comes down to us executing the plan and, and adjusting if we need to. Trevor yesterday um, kind of opened up about the struggles of last year and how he learned to kind of let things go and move on after sort of, you know, dwelling on bad games from last season. Um, and obviously you guys are in the middle of uh, a losing streak right now, hoping to break that. What have you seen in him in terms of that mindset? Have you noticed that in him and what has he kind of taken away from, as he sort of told us from yeah. last year? Again, I, I don't know necessarily last year. I think it's part of just Trevor's makeup. You know, he's got he's very level-headed, kind of stays in the moment and understands, you know, this is, this is a short part of a long season. And so we just continue to stress with all our guys and coaches as well just to trust our process. We all believe in what we do here and the way we do things, and we believe we have the right people to accomplish what we want to accomplish. So for all of us, it's learn from what happened the day before, execute in the moment right now, and then we'll worry about it as we prepare for the next day. We'll continue to move forward on that. So Trevor's just done a great job of understanding that, living his life that way. He kind of stays in the moment right here, doesn't dwell on the past, learns from the past, and uses it to, to be a better version of himself moving forward. You guys ran uh, probably more plays than usual on Sunday that were different, but they were coming out of the same look. Mm -hmm. Like uh, you had the play fake to, uh, to Travis and then the reverse to to Agnew on the one play, there was a third and six where Trevor just straight up right. took the ball, ran it to the right. How much of that is a function of playing an opponent you've seen before and you got to try to come up with something different? Uh, yeah, I'd say that's a big part of it. I mean, you have an idea how the defense is going to unfold, but at the end of the day, all those plays are 
kind of for us core plays for us. The presentation's certainly different, and that's what you're going back to, but we're trying to find ways as coaches to scheme against what we anticipate the look being while putting our players in position to do things they've done for a long time, or we've asked them to do for a long time. They have great understanding of. So, you know, the, the old saying is plays are expensive, formations are cheap. So we're going to show a bunch of formations, motions, all that to try to execute things that we know really well. Um, and I think that's all just kind of a byproduct of all that. Now, a game expresses itself differently. We have a lot more plays on our call sheet than we execute in a game. So there's always times where we have plans to complement this play with that player, and the game just doesn't unfold that way. It doesn't get called. Maybe it carries over to three weeks from now, we show the play that complements something we ran in this game because we have to understand, too, what the opponent's studying as well. You've been with Evan Ingram for a little while now. Do you see a little bit of extra focus from him this week, getting ready to go from his against his old team? Um, you know, honestly, I don't know that I do. Evan's a guy that's from the day he's got here been extremely focused. So he's always kind of been about his business and about his work, puts in extra work, you know, as much as anybody else we have here. So I don't know if I'd say anything different. He hasn't acted any different to me. I haven't really brought anything up with him too. But, I mean, I think there's always sort of that kind of proving step of, you know, I – I'm not there anymore. I want to show you all this. But I don't worry about that with Evan, really. Evan's always been locked in and working as hard as he could to prepare himself ready to play on Sunday. Kind of adding on what you were talking about earlier with the Giants defense, what have you seen on film from them in terms of what they do well and sort of where you guys need to win at on Sunday? Well, I think they have a really good interior defensive line. I think Dexter Lawrence and uh, Leonard Williams are both very, very good players in this league and have been productive players since they've been in the league. Um, and then structurally, they give you a lot of variety. You know, there's a variety of coverages, or a variety of presentations. So you're kind of, again, trusting that we've taught the standard operating procedure of all these plays to our guys really well, and they can adjust. Because he's not a guy that you're going to get the same look over and over and over, like we've played some of these defenses in the past, where they kind of stick to who they are and what they do and force you to execute. Where, um, you know, I think Coach Martindale and those guys, they give you a lot of different presentation that makes it challenging to know when I call this play, what defense am I going to get? Am I going to get? Do the players know all the ins and outs of that first each look? Uh, so that's certainly what makes it challenging. They have good players that are playing really, really hard. How tough is that for the offensive staff when, when, when you guys call plays, uh, when there's different defenses down in and down out? Right. It, it's certainly a challenge. I mean, we'd love to be we know what they're going to play, and we're going to go out and execute at a high level. Then when it becomes all this variety, you've got to cover your basis on a lot of different levels. You've got to make sure that we're in great communication with the players, that they understand everything inside and out. If they don't, it's not worth it. We have 100 good plays on that call sheet. We can afford to scratch plays, whether that's Sunday morning, Saturday night, whatever that is. We're always looking to put our players in the best position. If they don't understand something you know, to the front and back of it, it's not worth having in the game plan. I'm Kaylin Kaler with The Athletic. Nice to meet you. Nice um, to meet you. So because of your experience coaching uh, quarterbacks and offense, obviously, um, I'm working on a story about how backup quarterbacks learn the cadence and have to master it perfectly yep. so they don't uh, you know, offset the yep. offensive line if they have to come in a game. And I know in Philly, there was a lot of backup movement going on right. when you were there. Um, so how do you coach that with quarterbacks? Like, are you you know, recording it, having them listen to it back? Yep. Like, what are the techniques and tactics that you use? So we definitely do that. We want, we try to make everybody kind of make it sound like the starter because that's who everybody's used to hearing the, the first offensive line. Now, that's impossible to do. Everybody sounds different. C.J. Beathard sounds very different than Trevor Lawrence. C.J.'s got that little twang in his voice that he's not going to make it sound that way. We have Logan Cooks, our emergency quarterback. He sounds more country than anybody we have. <laughs> it will not sound the same if he were ever in there. But we do. We, we actually record when we go out early and do our quarterback center exchange every single day. 
we record it with audio too. So we get a variety of Trevor going through all our different cadences, what it sounds like. We have a library of that stuff. So any quarterback that comes in, they're able to hear what that sounds like. We do everything we can to try to create that same rhythm that the, the starter would have. So everybody gets used to that. But I mean, it just doesn't work out that way. Everybody's going to sound a little different. You want the rhythm to be the same. You want the voice inflection to be the same. But you know, their own, what is it, dialect, I guess? Yeah, you can't coach that. No, you, you definitely can't coach the accent out of, out of CJ there. So yeah. that's just kind of something everybody deals with. And everybody understands they're on high alert that, all right, this is going to sound a little different as it goes. Yeah. So. And then um, I'm sure you saw the Bengals ran the Philly special play. I think it was not this past week, but the one before, and it didn't work for them. And mm -hmm. something you said earlier where you said, you know, football, you know, trick plays and, and fun plays like that, like everyone's doing the same thing, like nothing's yeah. new. So I wonder what's the life cycle of a trick play like that? I mean, is that one kind of dead now? Have defenses no. really figured that one out? No, I don't think so. It's just a matter of the right time, the right situation. And there's certain things you'll see. There was trick plays. We, were, we always look at every single week, what plays have been run against this defense going back to as long as we can with these guys to kind of see just evidence of have they seen it? Have they seen it recently? you'll see plays that their offense just ran. So you're kind of in the back of your mind like, well, I mean, they're probably practicing against their defense. They have a feel for it. Let's hold on it, whatever that may be. But I think you know you could probably go back as far as 20 years and find a play similar to the Philly special, and people have been running it for a long time. It's just how you present it, the details of it, the situation you call it in, that, that kind of dictates whether it is successful or not. Now, I think the process of how you get to that play and what makes that decision, that's, that's a big part of this whole deal. But. Thanks, Preston. Cool. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys.